The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. If your light is not shining before men, then you are diminishing your own light. And listen, it is not God's responsibility to cause your light to shine before men. It is your responsibility to cause your light to shine before men. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That they may see your good works. Once your light begins to shine before men, they will see your good works. And when they see your good works, the Jesus said, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Say amen to that. So it's time for our light to shine. All right. Are you ready for the word? Okay, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13 to 16. I read, the Bible says that, oh, Jesus, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16, finally, it says, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing with my series that I have titled Influence, and this is part five. Influence, and this is part five. God created you and I to be influential. God wants us to influence the world. He wants us to influence the nations of the world. That's why it's so important for you to know the purpose for which you have been made. Because if you don't know your purpose, you will not be able to influence anyone. That's why Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. 
you are the salt of the earth. Not you are going to be. You are already the salt of the earth. And he says, if the salt loses his saltiness or his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? For it is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. So that means if you are not being influential, you will be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. That's what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is that if you don't take your place in this world, you will become irrelevant and nobody will have any use of you. And I pray that that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He said that you are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are not going to be the light. You are already the light. That's who you are. You operate in light. Wherever you are, you bring light to that environment. Hallelujah. The testimony we heard this morning, our dear sister said, when she's at work, people say, the, the shift is light. Mm. That's influence. Amen. You see, when you are operating in this level of influence, wherever you are, you make a difference. Amen. You attract people closer to you. But unfortunately, those who don't work in their purpose repel people. If you, all you're doing is repelling people, then that means you are not in your purpose. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So Jesus said, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Why? So that it may give light unto all that are in the house. So that means your level of influence is not just for you alone, but for all that are around you. The house here could represent the whole world. So that means wherever we are, our influence must affect the world. You might say, but pastor, who am I? I'm no one, I'm nothing. For your information, God uses the nobodies in this world to become somebodies. Hallelujah. Jesus was born in a manger and through that manger birth, he impacted the entire scope of the world. So don't look down upon yourself. There is greatness in you. You have something that the world needs. Can I say this? If you had nothing, God will not have brought you here on earth. You have something that this world needs. Don't go to your grave with what God has given you. Pour it out. Give it out. Let it be a blessing to someone. You might start one person at a time, but start from there. Start little, but have the world in mind. Start little. Have the world in mind, but start how? Little. Because when you start little, it's just a matter of time. You'll become influential. 
Verse 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. So that means this is an intentional lifestyle. Let your light so shine before men. So that means now, notice carefully what Jesus is saying here. Jesus said, let your light shine before men. So that means when you stand before men, you have to be intentional about letting your light shine. Now, I want you to also understand something carefully. Jesus said in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world, right? But then in verse 16, Jesus said, let your light shine before men. So that means even though you are the light of the world, you can diminish your own light. If your light is not shining before men, then you are diminishing your own light. And listen, it is not God's responsibility to cause your light to shine before men. It is your responsibility to cause your light to shine before men. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That they may see your good works. Once your light begins to shine before men, they will see your good works. And when they see your good works, the Jesus said, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. So it's time for our light to shine. Amen. I said it's time for our light to shine. Amen. We used to sing this song when we were in Sunday school. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. It's a little light, but you have to let it what? Shine. And how do you let it shine? You have to learn to protect that little light. You protect that little light. Protect that little light. Protect it so that no wind will quench it. Yes. Hallelujah. Right? These are those who are influential in life operate in four levels of ranks. Those who are influential in life operate in four levels of rank. Number one, they go up in orderly ranks. Number one, they go up in orderly ranks. Exodus chapter 13, verse 18. This is the children of Israel when they were coming out of captivity, notice something carefully here. The Bible says that, so God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. In how? Orderly ranks. Order. You have to be a man and a woman of order. Orderly ranks is important. Orderly ranks. 
orderly ranks. So if we are operating in orderly ranks, that means everybody knows where they are supposed to be. Right? So, yes, there are three million people coming out of captivity, but not everyone can be at the front. There has to be order. Wherever you see disorder, those people are going nowhere. And for your information, God never blesses disorder. Your finances are everywhere. The head is at the tail and the tail is at the head. And you want God to bless you? No. As a matter of fact, disorder will cost you more than order. If you put everything of yours in orderly fashion, if you are looking for it, you'll find it quicker. Isn't that true? Have you noticed that when you are disorderly, I'm not saying you, because you are a very orderly church. When you are disorderly, I'm talking to those, not even those who are watching, those who are outside of watching. Amen. Amen. When you are disorderly and everything is in a disorderly way in your house, in your car, in your closets, you tend to buy more things that you don't need. You, and most of the time, you tend to buy the same things that you already have. Oh, the way you people are nodding your head is like I'm in your house. It's like I know what's going on in your house. And you know I don't know your address, so I didn't come to your house to see what's happening there. So disorder is very expensive. Disorder will cost you more. You see... When your life is in disorder, all your documents, very important documents, are everywhere. I've seen people who want to go on holiday. Last day when they're about to go on holiday, they don't know where their passport is. That's disorder. Right now, if... You should send somebody to your house to bring you something. You should be able to tell the person specifically where that thing is. And they go take your key. They haven't been to your house before. They take your key, open the door, go to the specific place you ask them to go. They find that thing and bring it to you. That's order. That's why in Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. That's disorder. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. That's disorder. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That is order. Verse 3 is key. And the Bible says that, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, light brings order. You need light in your life. Can Can I say this? Most of the time, it's not that 
God has not blessed most of us financially. Many of us are really blessed financially, but we don't know how to manage our finances. That's a problem. There is no order in our finances. We just buy everything on impulse. I see a buy. That's your name. I see a buy. Even if you don't need it, a buy. They say buy one, get two free. They say, oh, I buy it. And most of us have bought clothes or shoes that are smaller than us or maybe bigger than our legs. And say, oh, I'll lose weight. If it's small, say, I'll lose weight. I'll lose weight and I'll fit into it. I remember when I was going to get married, I was so poor. My wife would not like what I'm about to say. <laughs> I was so poor. I had to buy a shoe that was bigger than my leg. <laughs> because I thought that my legs were going to grow into the shoe. So the shoe actually, uh, not, not only that, the shoe was bigger. I, was, I bought a size 11 shoe. And I'm a size, why are you people looking at my leg now? <laughs> I'm not preaching about my legs. Stop looking at my legs. I bought a size 11 shoe and I was a size 10. I think I was a size 9 and a half then. Or a size 9. So two sizes bigger. So when I was coming, my legs was like a... You know, ducks. You know how ducks walk? It was like that. When I put my leg on the, on the floor, there was so much space, the shoe was flat. The devil is a liar. I said, the devil is a liar. The devil wanted to disgrace me on my wedding day. <laughs> so when I was coming... I was working like a president. <laughs> Not because I wanted to walk like that, but if I walk anyhow faster than that, the shoes are going to come off. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. My wife didn't know my shoe was bigger than her, but anyway, now she knows. After what, 12 years, 13 years, I'm revealing my secrets. So number one, those who are influential in life operate in four levels of ranks. And number one is they go up in orderly ranks. Number two, they do not break ranks. Number two, they do not break ranks. Joel chapter 2 Verse 7. The Bible says that they run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation and they do not break ranks. They do not break ranks. You see, there are ranks in the kingdom of God. I've seen people come to this church one week, one month, and they want to jump from there and hold the mic. It doesn't happen like that. 
There are people who have been here for years before you showed up, and then you just want to break rank and come and hold mic? No, you don't do that. There was a pastor many years ago who came to tell me, Pastor, let me come and put fire on the altar. And yet he didn't have no church. He didn't have no member. And he wants to come and put fire on this altar. Why don't he go and put fire on his altar? You can't be influential if all you do is break ranks. There are ranks and systems and order in this world. Ranks. You see, when you understand orderly ranks, you don't fight it when it's somebody's turn. Because you know it's, it's an orderly rank. Amen. Your time will come. Amen. Just do what you've been called to do. Amen. Your time will come. Amen. Your time will come. Don't say, oh, why, why is this person always the one there? Because your time has not come. And you don't understand orderly ranks. You can't be influential if all you do is breaking ranks. It doesn't work that way. There are ranks in this church. Amen? Amen. Yeah, there are ranks. If you don't know, maybe you've been here, you don't know, you think everything just happens. No, there are ranks. Everyone has been appointed to do something and they are accountable. Remember last week I said that... One of the key things we need to influence the world is power. But even though you have power, you have to understand how to be, have power and still be under authority. So they do not break ranks. Number three, they keep ranks. Number three, they keep ranks. First Chronicles Chapter 12, verse 38, the Bible says, And all these men of war who could keep ranks, notice that, came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. Now, so notice, when the time came for David to be made king, Notice the only people who were invited were those who could keep ranks. There are many people there, but not everybody was invited because, you see, if you don't know how to keep ranks, you will not be invited to certain places of power. When David was being made king, the only people who were permitted there were those who could keep ranks. In other words, if you have been given a responsibility, keep your ranks. Do your best where you are before you will be promoted. Keep ranks. Those who could keep ranks. That means there are some people who cannot keep ranks. That means they are very disorderly people. I'm a very orderly person. If you even observe, my preaching is line upon line. Here a little, there. I don't rush. It's taken me years to prepare what I've, 
I've been teaching you over all these years, and it's line upon line. I don't just get up and pick something from there and from there, and it doesn't make sense. If you observe what I teach, it's following order. Number one, number two, number three. Because my brain is an orderly, organized brain. I can't stand disorder. As a matter of fact, one thing that, let me use a strong word, that I hate with passion is disorder. I can't stand an environment where there is disorder, even, especially when it comes to the house of God. Ah, you see, you see the worst in me. I, I just can't handle it. My brain doesn't, there's no space in my brain to, to accommodate disorder. Because the Bible says, let everything be done how? Decently and in order. In the house of God. Decently and what? And in order. So the only people who were invited were those who could keep ranks. Is it possible that the reason why you are not going up in life is because you can't keep ranks? Even the way you talk to people, it's not nice. At your workplace, you just just talk anyhow. As for me, I say it as it is. No. The Bible says that words fitly put together is like apples. Husbands, wives, don't talk to each other anyhow. I didn't hear amen there. The church is very quiet today. Uh, say, I married you. I paid your bribe. Excuse me? You paid what? You think, you think your wife is worth the little bribe price you paid? So you can talk to her anyhow? Say, you have to submit. Have, no, no. She was made in the image of God just like you. God blessed both male and female. He didn't bless the woman less than he blessed the man. He blessed them equally. God never looked down on women. Why are you looking down on women? Why are you looking down on women? He said, I cannot be under a woman. I'm a man. You are what? You are a boy trapped in a man's body. (laughs) Number four, they advance in ranks. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The locusts have no king. In other words, they have no leader. But yet they all advance in ranks. Nobody have to tell them, hey, be in line. They are always in line. They are always in line. They always advance in what? In ranks. All of them. 
All of them. Any community or any society that has to be policed is an immature society. If you have to be policed to do what you have been called to do, then you are not matured. When you look at the Bible, when it talks about Galatians chapter 5, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it listed all of them. It said the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, and so on and so forth. And then the next verse, the Bible says that against such there is no law. In other words, when you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, you don't need natural law to tell you do A or do B. I don't need CCTV to behave well. Amen. Amen. I don't need a camera to monitor me before I behave well. I have the spirit of God in me. Um, I live in the, in the heavenly realm. Amen. My mind is set on things above. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So they advance in ranks. They have no king. They have no leader. But they advance in ranks. They advance how? In ranks. So that means your advancement in life is connected to ranks. They advance in ranks. Order. The locusts, they have no king, they have no leader. Nobody tells them when it's summer to prepare their meat for winter. If you need somebody to tell you how to manage your life, I'm sorry for you. Hallelujah. Now quickly, there are four steps everyone must take to be influential. There are four steps everyone must take to be what? Influential. Number one, if you want to be influential, you have to arise and shine. Somebody say, arise and shine. Arise and shine. Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1, we read. It says, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Verse 3 says, and the Gentiles will come to thy light. Notice where the Gentiles are coming to. They will come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. So that means there are kings waiting for you to arise and shine so that they can come to the brightness of your rising. Say a good amen to that. There are kings who are waiting for us. All we have to do is do what? Arise and shine. All we have to do is do what? Arise. And nobody is going to do that for you. It's your responsibility to arise and to shine. You complain and say, oh, there is darkness in the world. That is actually the best 
path and a good time to arise and shine. Verse 2, it says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon you. Say a good amen. If you are going to be influential, you need the glory of God. We have to covet the glory of God. When the glory of God comes upon you, nobody can stop you. You see, the glory of God is like the spotlight of God. When the glory of God comes upon you, no one can stop you. And I see the glory of God coming upon this house. I see the glory of God coming upon this house. And nothing can stop us. I said nothing can stop us. You see, when the glory of God comes upon you, he focuses his entire focus on you. Hallelujah. So he says, and the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. The kings are coming. I said the kings are coming. There are kings coming from everywhere looking for us. A time is coming where kings and queens and presidents and vice presidents and chief executive officers, they'll be flying from their nations to come into this commission. They'll come on a Sunday, fly in, Sunday and fly back. Say a good amen to that. Whether the devil likes it or not, it will happen because the glory of the Lord is upon us. Shout a good amen. Amen. I say shout a good amen. Amen. Why? Because the kings are coming. Just, just, Just shine. They are coming to the brightness of your rising. As you rise, they come. Uh, We are rising up higher and higher. I said we are rising up higher and higher. I said we are rising up higher and higher. We will not be kept in any form of obscurity any longer. Verse 3, I read of Isaiah chapter 6. It says, and the Gentiles will come to thy light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Verse 4. It says, lift up your eyes round about and see. They gather themselves together. They come to thee. Your sons will come from far. And your daughters will be nursed at your side. That's what I just prophesied. The kings and queens are coming from far. Then you shall see and become radiant. In other words, you will be glowing. You will be radiating the glory of God. And your heart shall swell with joy. Somebody say amen to that. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Say like you mean it. Say the wealth of the Gentiles are coming to me. Say it again. Say the wealth of the Gentiles are coming to me from today in the name of Jesus. Do you know what the wealth of the Gentiles is? They work so hard. 
they built beautiful cities and they'll bring it to you. Amen. He said, the multitudes of camels shall cover you, your land, the dormitories of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They will bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Verse 19, the sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for your brightness shall the moon give light to you, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God, your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon redraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. And the days of your mourning shall be ended. Also your people shall be righteous. Say amen. Amen. They shall inherit the land forever. So the secret to inheriting the land is to be righteous. Did you see that? It's to be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Verse 22 is key. It says, a little shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. A little one shall become what? A thousand. Do you know what that means? That means the smallest branch of this church will be a thousand. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine that in your business, if your business is in selling horses, the least you will ever have at all time is a thousand horses. Wow. Wow. Just imagine it. The least your cows will be is a thousand. Amen. The least you have in your bank account will be hundred thousand. You thought I was going to say a thousand. The least you have in your bank account will be what? A hundred thousand what? Not, 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 um, not Naira. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say I'm blessed. Somebody say I'm becoming influential. Oh, say like you mean it. Say, I am becoming, I am becoming influential. influential. Number two. Number two step that you must take to be influential is you must be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. You must be anointed with fresh oil. Psalm 92 verse 10. Thou art It says, but my horn shall be exalted like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes 
also shall see my desire on my enemies. Say amen. amen. And my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Listen, do you know that there are enemies out there who have desire to see you down? They want to see you destroyed. So the Bible is also saying that we also must have some desires. We also must have what? Some desires. And so it says, my eyes shall see my desire on my enemies. Your enemies must never go up higher in life than you. There are enemies of this church. They don't want us here. (laughs) So we must also have a desire upon our what? Enemies. What should be our desire concerning them? They must never end well. Yeah, they must never. If if somebody is wishing you evil and say, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I love you with the love of God. Yeah, God is loving, but the same God who is loving is a God of vengeance. Somebody wants to destroy your children and you just sit down and smile? No. No. There was a time, you know, there was, there was I was taking care of somebody's, there's a, there's a, a young boy that um take him to school, you know, paying for his fees. He's in, he's in the university, and I think in his third or third year, I think. And, you know, once or twice, I saw the dad in my dream. I'm like, you, you, you are dead. What are you doing in my dream? You know, once or twice. And then one day I got up the third time, I was very upset. I said, hey, if you come to my dream again, I'm taking care of your son. Taking care of him to finish uni. If you come in my dream again, that's it. Guess what? Till date, I never saw him in my dream again. This was over two years ago. I said, what are you? I don't want to see no dead person in my dream. I didn't kill you. Are you following what I'm saying? So there are some, and I'm not saying it's it's the person, but sometimes people can use somebody to come into your dream to, you know, do other stuff. I said, I'm taking care of your son. Paying for his fees. I didn't go to university. I'm paying for your son to go to university. You better behave. Wherever you are, you come into my dream again, that's it. Till date. And for me, I always say I have a pure, no, I have a pure heart towards everyone. I don't wish anyone evil. When I go to bed, I sleep with peace of mind. One thing I learned from my dad is I never Never, never wish anyone evil. And I come from a very strong family. When I say strong, I mean doing all kinds of evil, occultic stuff. 
All kinds of evil stuff. And then I saw a few things. Some people planning stuff. I said, hey, my heart is pure. I've never wished anybody evil. But if this and this and that happens again, I will appear in their dream and give them a warning. I gave them a warning. Uh, you see, you have to understand how the spiritual realm works. I said, I'll give you three warnings. If you continue, you will not have a fourth warning. Because if I open my mouth and I say die, you will not last seven days. Because God has given me the keys to your life. That's why I don't, I don't open my mouth and curse people. The same way I open my mouth to bless people and it comes to pass. If I open my mouth and I curse the devil and his agents, they will not last seven days. There was a, a huge company that came against us one time. The early stages of this church. You know, we started a branch in the high street. I don't know those of you. Oh, Margaret. Margaret came from there. Mama Elizabeth and M came from there. Yeah. So we went to start the church there. We paid everything. There was a lady who just didn't like us. You know, we, we had decorated the place, everything, have an office, paying everything. Somebody has approved us to use the place. We've signed contract. This lady comes, sees us there because we're a church. He kicked us out. No, no, no warning, nothing. So I think, how long did we last there? Five weeks? Five weeks? Or a month or two? Two months? They kicked us out, just like that. I said, this company is coming down. And their, their annual turnover then used to be in millions, over 10 million. Listen, not less than six months, I saw them at three bridges train station begging for coins. I went to check their annual turnover their sources of finances dried up. So, the enemy have a desire. We must also have a desire. Are you following what I'm saying? The wicked one has a desire, so you must also have a desire. And your desire must be to see your enemies go down. It says, and my ears will shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. But guess what? What you need is to be anointed. When you're preaching the anointing, once they come against you one way, they'll flee seven ways. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 12, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish. Like the palm tree, he shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. Those that be what? Planted. 
anyone jumping from one church to the other is not planted and they cannot flourish because God's word cannot be broken. Those that be what? Planted where? Planted where? Planted where? You only flourish when you are planted. We have this new thing going on these days where people say, oh, I can't stay in one church. I want to, I want to go to... No, God, God in his wisdom planted you in one family. You have one wife. You have one husband. I said, but Pastor, what about Solomon who had a thousand wives? Are you Solomon? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> those that be planted and stop following those who are confused, who are not planted in the house of God. If somebody is left a church, it's not because the church is bad or the pastor is bad. It's because of them. There are some people who just cannot sit in one place. They don't understand ranks. They want to misbehave everywhere they go. But misbehavior is not permitted here. Amen? Amen. I said misbehavior is not permitted where? Here. You can go and misbehave everywhere, but here, when you come here, you sit in orderly way. You sit where we, are, we tell you to sit. I say, uh, there are many churches here. Yeah, go. There are many fathers and mothers, but God put you in just one father and one mother. So this rubbish of Oh, I go to any church I like. I go to this church this week. I go to that church next week. It's not of God. Say amen. Amen. I said it's not of God. How many of you eat fruits here? Have you seen any fruit that you are eating? The tree was uprooted last year and planted somewhere else. And then the following year, it was uprooted from there and planted. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. The only time a tree bears fruit is when it's planted in one place. Amen? Amen. My dad used to tell me, I'm in the place of God for you. I said, wow. He was not even born again then. And he understood the scriptures. He understood the scriptures. You can't just say, oh, I just get up. Today I go there. Tomorrow I go there. Next week I... Where do you belong? Where do you... Everybody must have a home, right? Where do you belong? You can never eat an orange from an orange tree that has been uprooted and planted in different places every year. Where do you belong? Stay in one place. Stay in one place. Hallelujah. Say amen. Amen. Oh, this is a good message. 
Are you getting blessed? Yes. This is helping someone. Not you, but not even those who are watching, but those who are the other ones. <laughs> because sometimes they come to check whether we are still here. <laughs> we are still here for information. We are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. That's why we are flourishing. Amen. You might not like us, but we are doing what God has written in his word. Stop jumping from pillar to post. Every year you're on every church's register. Where do you belong? Eh? <laughs> Stay in one place. So it's time to be anointed with fresh oil. Number three, as we get ready to close, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 from verse 14 to 17, I read. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that means if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you are not part of God's children. Don't allow your emotions to lead you. In the book that is coming out next week on leaving a lasting legacy, Esau allowed his emotions to lead him when he was weary and hungry and he sold his birthright. He devalued what was valuable. If you allow your emotions to lead you in this world, you'll make so many mistakes. Don't allow your emotions to what? Lead you. Be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Verse 15, it says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you see, when you have the Spirit of God in you, that is leading you, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. Verse 17, it says, if we, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, when the Spirit of God is leading you, you have access into everything he has. I remember when I went to the U.S. a couple of years ago, three years ago, I, I was traveling to somewhere I didn't know. I had no sat nav. I just prayed, Holy Spirit, lead me. And the Holy Spirit led me straight to where I was going. Not once, twice to the meeting place, and to the hotel. I know me. My wife knows me. Even when there's sat-nav in the car, I'll be asking her, which turn? The sat-nav is telling me turn left. I'll ask my wife, shall I turn left or turn right? So there's no way I could have functioned in that country without a sat-nav. But guess what? The Holy Spirit led me. Can I tell you something, child of God? 
Let the Holy Spirit lead you in the coming year. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You might think in the minute little tiny decisions you are making, you don't need the Holy Spirit, but you need the Holy Spirit. Let him lead you, let him guide you in everything. In everything, in your, in everything, let the Holy Spirit lead you. The last one, number four, the last and not the least is you must be dedicated to walking the path of influence. You must be dedicated to walking the path of what? Influence. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 13 to 14. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. There are few who what? Find it. Be dedicated. To walk in the path of what? Influence. You see, if you want to be an influential person, don't want to do what everybody is doing. Don't seek for popular opinion. Because popular opinion with God might be very unpopular. It might be popular with men, but with God, it's very unpopular. So, Jesus said, the gate is narrow and is difficult, but it is the right way. It's the right way. He said, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which lead to life. And there are few who find it. Being influential means you have to be unpopular with many most of the time. Many, most of the time. There, there are a lot of deception these days in the church. There are a lot of deception. People are staging miracles. Because they, they, now not everybody who calls himself a pastor now is a pastor. There are magicians now in the pulpit. You don't know. <laughs> when, when we were young, right? When we were young, magicians used to go to the market square. And after they do their magic, they'll give them money. But now, the people don't gather at the market square. People buy online. So magicians have also gone online. They've come to the church now. They are staging miracles. I know you know, you see stuff. I know you watch stuff. They are staging miracles. I'm telling you, they are staging. <laughs> they, they, are, they are raising already living people as dead. <laughs> I'm telling you. You, 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 you know, you know what's happening. The fact that there are multitudes gathering there doesn't mean it's of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Magicians have hijacked the church. Be careful. 
We have to be careful. Magicians have hijacked the church. What they are doing, what they say, by their fruits, you know definitely this one is not of God. Read the book of Acts carefully. One of these is I'll give you how to identify them. And one of the ways to identify false prophets is there is always somebody on the mic behind praising them. That's one of the signs. Anything that is of God, you don't need man to praise it. If it's of God, who are you, man, to praise what God is doing? Have you observed? In this church, I hardly stay on what has happened in the past. God has done awesome miracles in this church, but we don't advertise the miracles. Are you following me? Our focus is the word. Even in our healing schools, when we come, is the word. After the word is taught, science, miracles, and wonders follow. Our last miracle healing school, there was a, a man who has been smoking for 50 years. Who came? 50 years. He's been trying to stop. Never been able to stop. 50 years. But after he came to the healing school, and he was prayed for, desire for smoking stopped after 50 years. No more smoking. We don't advertise these things because the glory goes to God. It's not, the, it's not man. That's why even during healing school, I don't like laying hands on people. I just want the word to do the work so that no man will point to man, but will point to God. It's time to stay on the path of life. And we can only find it on the narrow path. I know most of us like prophet. What's God saying? God is saying nothing. Do you have ears? Everything God is saying is there. Just open the Bible and read for yourself. This, the Bible is the sure word of prophecy. That's the sure word of prophecy. It's a sure word of prophecy. What can be more sure than the word? And you want to hear a prophecy from somebody who just went to bed, watched a horror movie, went to bed, and then... And then he comes in the morning and tells you, I see a, 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 a horror, you know, interpreting, prophesying the horror movies they watch for you. <laughs> Praise God. Be dedicated to walking the path of influence. And it's not a popular path, but be dedicated. I have been dedicated in this church over these years teaching the word. Teaching the word. No gimmicks here. No gimmicks. Teaching the word. No gimmicks. No putting pressure on anybody. 
teaching the pure, unadulterated word of God. Because at the end of the day, I will stand before God. And when I stand before God, I am going to answer for every word I spoke. And not only that, I am going to answer to my motives. The motive for preaching. God will ask me, why did you preach this? Did I ask you to preach it? What was the motive? It's not going to judge me by my actions. It's going to judge me by my motives. And since you did not call me, and he called me, I have to make sure I'm working right with him. I have to work right. If he says go, I go. If he says sit, I sit. We don't just do things anyhow in this church. That's why when you're in a church in an environment like this, I love the testimony uh, that Margaret gave this morning. She said, I'm, I'm growing spiritually. That's my heart desire. Are you growing in this church? After all is said and done, are you growing? Are you spiritually growing? Are you growing spiritually? When the devil knocks on your door, can you stand and tell the devil, I don't need no pastor. I don't need to call no prayer line. I have the word for myself. I know how to wage this warfare for myself. That's what it's going to be. It's time for us to grow. For us to mature in the things of God. And not to be lied to. And let me say this. I say this prophetically. Next year, God is going to expose a lot of them. I'm telling you, next year, God is going to... I'm telling you, next year... You will see it for yourself. Write what I'm saying now. It's already happening. But by next year, there will be a huge exposure of all those in the church doing gimmicks and lying. They will all be exposed. And many of them are going to go to jail. Some of them for life. Never to come out again. Because some of them are destroying lives. Destroy lives. Staging, if you, how can you stage a miracle? How can you, how can you possibly call somebody and tell them, I'll give you X, Y, Z money, come and say this happened, and it never happened. How can you possibly, I mean, how can you possibly do that? There's no fear of God in the church any longer. People don't fear God any longer. The fact that God has let it go for so long doesn't mean it's right. And next year, God is going to step in and he's going to clean his church because Jesus is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. That's why you have to be a student of the word. And when somebody is lying, you know that what they are saying 
is not in line. What is the motive? Always judge the motive. Jesus said, test the spirit. The spirit there is the motive. What's the motive? Why are they doing what they are doing? And as we do that, God will bless us in Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10 8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing.